Welcome to another episode of That's a Rab podcast. I just said rab. Can we try that again? <laughs> sure. No, you know what? Let's keep that. I, I can't talk straight. No. I'm like texting people all kinds of incoherent stuff. Let's try this again. Welcome to That's a Rap podcast. Oh my gosh. I'm still keeping that. <laughs> Welcome to That's a Rap podcast. I'm your coach, Jay Rosales. You're right. I'm fumbling over my words. You know why? Because the Raptors just won game five. Oh my gosh. We Someone are, chime in before we I are say more. One game away. One freaking game away to the nba finals this is uncharted territory guys there there is no we've never seen this before I, is this real life i'm listening to queen right now holy crap this is amazing wake me up yeah but this is what's the best part about this because it's still rough seas ahead but think about this we've finally beaten the bucks at home so that severs that little curse or whatever you want to call it the Bucks have finally lost three in a row. Mm-hmm. You can tell it's getting to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's getting to them. We have two opportunities, if needed, to secure that bridge to the finals. But the first stop is at home. Let's do it, boys. What do you got for us? We need to discuss some Raptors because this is a big day in Raptors history. Yeah, let's let's jump straight into the numbers, uh, and I will try to say my sentence slowly and clearly. <laughs> Uh, I don't blame you, Jay. I, I honestly don't blame you. Yeah, if you're listening to this, first of all, thanks for tuning in. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, I, I'm hoping that you understand that we are fumbling over words, just as you probably are, as, you know, 11, 22 in the evening, just minutes after the Raptors. Oh, my gosh. I can't like, believe we won this game. Because, listen, it's one of those things where, like, we, this, is, this is for fans, by fans. We are fans at the end of the day. And yeah. this, if yep. if you aren't a, a fan, there's plenty of room on the bandwagoner. It's okay, jump on board because this is a like Dre said, this is like history. This is history in the making, guys. Yes, and it is. Thank God for for Kawhi Leonard because my first number is going to be his. Um, yes, you know he he was amazing in the fourth quarter. You know, kind of carried us as whenever Milwaukee tried to to make a run. Um, and of all the numbers that that he put out today, the one that jumps out to me is nine, and that's the number of assists he had, and that's a career high as a Raptor. Wow! And wow, it could not have come at a better time. Like mm-hmm. everyone just kind of assumed, like if the Raptors are going to win this game, sorry, if they're going to win this game or even try to push Milwaukee, they would need some sort of a superhuman game from Kawhi, and this is surprisingly something we had not seen from him uh, you know milwaukee would try to double him they would try to trap him and he kept finding the right man and mm-hmm. nine assists like that's i I'm, I'm shocked at that number because it will right. obviously go straight to the fact that he had had 15 points in the fourth quarter 35 overall seven boards and tenacious defense again um whoever he was guarding but mostly antetokounmpo so the nine is, is the one that jumps out to yeah, me. Yeah, and, and each time that Kawhi had the basketball, it's almost like you can see how methodical he is, how much he's thinking about it. Because whenever he made those passes, they were perfect passes outside like a triple team. And then when the double team or triple team didn't come in, then he started to dribble, dribble, kind of lull them to sleep, and then go in for a hard drive or a shot. Like whatever they threw at uh, Kawhi, he had a counterattack. And it was so it was so amazing to watch. I mean, for a Raptors fan... I've never seen a raptor do that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Dre, you gonna say something to this because I'm I'm gonna move on to the next number. <laughs> uh, 
just what have I said? Ball movement. Ball movement is great. And uh, you guys hit the nail on the head. There's something about Kawhi Leonard. Not many players could be like this, but they're so in control and calm, even during the roughest periods. Mm-hmm. All, again, everybody says it, but all I can think of is Michael Jordan, the same kind of guy who I don't remember which player, you know, the urban legend. He started saying 36, hit a shot, 34, and basically scored all the way down to zero, secured the points that he predicted, and won the game. Not many players are that in the zone that they're that in control of the game, no matter what the odds are. And Kawhi Leonard, I mean, damn, that, that guy is the guy on the top of the mountain, the sensei. You go up there, it's like, I don't know how to reach Nirvana. How do I stay zen? And it's like, shh, you're thinking too much. <laughs> and you just, you achieve it. Yeah. And speaking of achievements, what else have you got, Jay? Because I know there's other numbers, whether they're from Kawhi or inspired by Kawhi. There's something that the master spread to the rest of the team. Yes, he did spread to the rest of the team. And my next number is 83. 83 is the percentage, the three-point shooting percentage of Damn. Fred of Fred Van Vliet after having a second child. Doing it for Fred Jr. So, wow. In, in yep. case, I mean, we mentioned this at the end of, of the last pod. I believe we did. But, uh, you know, between games three and four, Fred Van Vliet had his second child, uh, Fred Jr. So congrats, Freddie. Um, Congratulations. Since having, since having that second child... Uh, in game four, he was three for three from three. Today, he was seven of nine. That's a combined 10 out of 12, 83%. Oh, my gosh. Have more children, Fred Van Vliet. <laughs> 21 points total. Second highest of the Rap- uh, on the Raptors team. I mean, this is what we wanted from Fred Van Vliet. And guess what? This wasn't the only game. As you said, there was last game. You know, knock on wood, I think he's come to play, and I think he's staying. And that is excellent news moving forward. Yeah. I mean, how many times have we seen in, in this playoffs, it's either Kawhi by himself or Kawhi Siakam or Kawhi Lowry or Kawhi mm. Gasol? Who'd have thought that it was going to be Kawhi and Fred Van Vliet? I argue that Fred Van Vliet, outside of Kawhi, is 100% the reason why we won this game. He was steady Freddy. He was betting yourself. It, it, it was all everything that we've seen and we've come to love of Freddie being that calm, the sense of calm, that second ball handler from Kyle Lowry that we can rely on. The amount of times that we couldn't rely, we were scared whenever Fred Van Vliet shot or even dribbled during these playoffs. Now it's like every time that sh- that Freddie shoots that three, it's almost money. It, you can you can see it. You can feel it. And it's so, so good to see. Yeah, and that's, and that's exactly why all of us were all, uh, I guess, upset and, and I guess, dumbfounded on why he his shot wasn't falling and why he wasn't playing with much um you know aggression when he when he was struggling throughout every basically throughout the playoffs up until game four so i don't know if it's the birth of his second child or what that put things in perspective i don't know if it's that knock on his left eye that's kind of made him see better i don't know (laughs) but the fact that he is playing out of his mind and his his plus minus numbers so check this out uh number two on the raptors in this game was Pascal Siakam at a plus eight. Number one, Fred Van Vliet, plus 28. Amazing. I saw that. Absolutely Phew. amazing number. That's that's not even like one of my, my numbers. That's just more of an honorable mention. Mm-hmm. But yeah, he absolutely brought it today. Um, you know, ever since, uh, you know, we we started the whole bench VIP um, acronym. Yo, he just, he's making it happen and making it come to life. And, um, you know, it, it's going to become a thing now. I'm mm-hmm. going to keep saying bench VIP in every article I write. <laughs> uh, my final number 
Um, and, and this might be stretching it just a bit. Um, and that is 13. Uh, 13 is the number of days possibly between now and the next time the Raptors have a road game. And that would be hmm. game three in Golden State. Now, this obviously assumes a couple of things. It assumes one very big thing, that the Raptors finish off the Bucks at home on Saturday. And if they do, they also have games one and two at Scotiabank Arena. Mm-hmm. And game three in Golden State is not until Wednesday, June the 5th. So 13 days of rest. Count me like sign me up for that. Yep. And you know, I I should not be looking that far ahead. No. Let, but I mean, <laughs> we should be hyped Toronto. We definitely should be hyped, but this is there's still a battle to be won. There's still one game that we have to take and it's it's in our favor, right? Home court advantage. Milwaukee is shook. They've never lost like you said, Dre. They've never lost 3 in a row. And everyone thought that Milwaukee is the favorite to, I, I you know, honestly win the championship. But, but because of that, they've never had to go through adversity that we've had throughout the season, throughout these playoffs. We've gone through that experience, and to have players like Gasol, uh, Ibaka, Kawhi, Kyle, Green, uh, all these players that have playoff and conference finals and finals experience. And then you see Milwaukee, who don't. They they're all you know. They it's all uncharted territories for them too. You can see the difference. You can see the fruits of the labor of, of the experience that the Raptors have. Again, I'm not going to say that we're going to win and we're going to go against Golden State, who's sitting pretty right now. But I mean, this is looking real, real, real good, man. But I mean, if you don't want to look too far ahead, if you're superstitious and you're scared of jinxing things, uh, there's one last number we can look at. That's not 13, 11. No, it has nothing to do with Brooke Lopez. Thank God. <laughs> 11 is the amount of postseason wins we have just secured, which we have set a new franchise record. We have never made it this far. And the best part is we have the potential to go even further. This is the strongest Raptors team we've ever had in the postseason. Yes, sir. That's, that's not even a prediction. That's a fact. And that feels so good. Yes, sir. Jay, do you have any more numbers you want to throw out there before I? No, I'm glad. I'm glad Dre, Dre, Dre brought up that number. I mean, eleven is is exactly that. We were talking mm-hmm. about it after the last game. How we've never been this far. And then there'd be some people who are like, "Oh yeah, but you did make it this far against Cleveland." That and we nope. we said it on this pod that it was a totally different team. Yes. You know, LeBron said it as much. I mean, he, had, he didn't think that the Raptors were were anything really. So, and he showed it. I mean, I think the fifty points. The point margin that the the Cavs had over the Raptors over those final two games shows that they just didn't think much of the Raptors and they were that much better. Um, but this is a totally different story, totally different team, and a totally new Kawhi. Um, and I think on that note, I think Jay, it's time for some positives. Yes. Oh my God. They, where Give am, us a where am I going to start, man? Where am I going to start? Like, there's there's just there's too many. So I want to preface with with saying this. When I was listening to, I believe it was Jeff Blair on the Fan Five Ninety, he was saying that. The Raptors, if they're going to win, they're not going to win pretty. They're going to win ugly. What I think what he's saying is that if we are going to win this series, it's not going to be like of, of the past when we when we faced Cleveland. Like I believe, you know, Cleveland didn't really care for if they were uh, tied two two, and then clearly they blew us out. And this time around, it's like this is great basketball. This is like for basketball junkies. Both teams are at high, high levels, both with MVP caliber, caliber players. And and now we're not going to win 
with, with finesse. We're going to grind it out and we're going to win pretty. And that's what we did today. So for the positives, okay. number one has to be Kawhi. I mean, Kawhi was mechanical. He was a robot. He was everything that you want from an MVP. I don't know about you guys. Dre, I know that you're a Spurs fan, but I haven't seen, especially when he was uh, playing in his um, MVP caliber series with in the finals, this could be the best Kawhi has ever played. Ever. It could just yeah. be us because we're biased because he's a Raptor. But I mean, come on. I, I feel like everyone else is on notice. What do you think, Dre? Yeah, I think that's an interesting point to bring up because I I grew up as a kid as a big Spurs fan. I kind of branched out to other teams, but I always had a respect kind of like most people would because it's Popovich, the big three of Ginobili, Duncan, and Parker. Mm-hmm. So that year, it was so weird because you could almost chalk it up to it being like an Iguodala in the Warrior Championship right, year, right, right. the first one, where it's like, would you say he's the best player on the team? No. Was he the biggest asset in these finals? Yes. So it was that kind of thing. But you definitely saw some major potential. But let's not forget who he was playing with. Like parts of the best Spurs team in history, Mm -hmm. right? Like you saw some huge potential and something that was going to prosper. The difference is Iguodala still is a terrific sixth man Mm -hmm. or fifth option on a starting lineup depending on what lineup you're going with but Kawhi Leonard has blossomed into the leader of a team and the best player in a franchise's history and arguably if you want to still consider his legacy with the Spurs how he's performing now or at the tail end of the Spurs career one of the best players in their recent history easily Mm -hmm. and I like how you brought up the Iguodala point because like again he's not the most talented but he was the most impactful and I feel like that's what Kawhi was during the Spurs tenure but now you can clearly tell that he is by far the best player possibly in these playoffs in the league right now yes we have him guys he is a Toronto Raptor that MVP is a Toronto Raptor has never happened before my god and the thing is talking about the most impactful for this game Granted, I believe Kawhi is obviously the, the MVP of this game, but the most impactful has to be Fred Van Vliet. Those three-pointers. He got seven three-pointers. That's crazy. And the every single one of those threes were impactful. They were a momentum changer. Um, when Milwaukee went for a run, you saw Fred Van Vliet open up for a three-pointer. It quiets the crowd and cuts that momentum down. He was so fundamental. And Jay, if I'm going to throw out a number to you, Kawhi had 40 minutes. Kyle Lowry had 39 minutes. Right behind them, Fred Van Vliet with 37. So the trust factor that Nurse has with Fred Van Vliet is phenomenal. And that VIP, that VIP lineup, Fred Van Vliet, Ibaka, and Norm, um, they're showing up and because they need to. The starters are playing really heavy minutes now. And and, and so who's going to step up? The bench. It's, It's the only way. Kawhi Leonard is going to get his own for sure, but someone's got to step up. Sometimes it's going to be Gasol, sometimes it'll be Kyle, uh, Ibaka sometimes, but f- there was going to be a Fred Van Vliet game. It, it almost looked like it was a Bledsoe game today for Milwaukee, but Fred Van Vliet mm, came up big for us. And finally, I'm sorry for rambling on so much, but finally, the last point I want, I want to make is the adjustments. So the clear adjustment that, Budenholzer made was inserting Malcolm Brogdon to the starting lineup and it it worked on full effect right 
how we were going we to talk, win. We even talked about that at the last yeah, pod, right? Yeah, exactly. That what was, we're going to do. The they didn't move yet to make. They didn't switch uh, Malcolm Brogdon with Bledsoe, but they, they put Bledsoe in for, I believe, Miritich, right? I, that's, yeah, yeah that, that's exactly who it was. I was trying to figure it out. It was Miritich. Yeah. Thank you. And I was like, oh, you're, you don't belong here. <laughs> so the thing is, they made a switch, and it was working perfectly fine for Milwaukee in the first quarter, clearly. But what was going to help us win that game is how we adjusted on the fly. And inserting both Norm and Freddie uh, in the game quickly so you can have that ball handler, the secondary scorer option with Norm, the ball handler for Kyle with Fred Van Vliet to open up a little bit more space for, Ka- for Kawhi and make Milwaukee shoot more uh, instead of letting them drive. The adjustments that Nurse was making on a fly was what helped us, I believe, win that basketball game. So there is some things to clean up for sure. But I mean, guys, we're what? We're one game away. We're one game away to the NBA Finals, man. Are you kidding me? Yeah, I mean, Jay. Sorry, Jay. I love you, man. Can we just skip your part, man? I don't want to. <laughs> I don't want to hear I'm, no negatives or. I was actually gonna ask. Do you have any extra uh, positive <laughs> things to to include, Jay? Because I feel like I feel like you've had to sit on the back burner a little bit this episode. Give us some more positives, please. No, I. You know what? You know, if there's one thing that also jumped out to me, like we we tweeted out a stat. I mean, I, I guess credit to Kevin Rashidi, uh, who somehow had the stats on referees for some reason. But whenever you hear the names Tony Brothers and Mark Davis, you, you cringe, right? <laughs> there it is. I know Dre, uh-huh. he's like the bane of your existence. Those two are the bane of your existence. But an interesting stat that we tweeted out was that that in the last 15 Tony Brothers games, the Raptors have won 14 of them. And the last six games refereed by Mark Davis, they've won all six of them. So... I mean, the numbers look good. I mean, the referees don't decide a game. I get that, but I mean, you, you can't you can't lie with those numbers. I mean, th- that's kind of compelling to see. And like the, the the foul numbers favored the Raptors. I think possibly for the first time in the series, the Bucks got called yeah. for twenty two. We got called for sixteen. We had a decided edge in free throws, thirty one to eighteen. So, um, you know, it's if I were to tell you those numbers. Back in the first quarter, when the Bucks were up eighteen to four, you wouldn't have believed me. But here we are; like we are one, like we keep saying over and over again, we are one win away from the NBA Finals, guys. Soak it in. I mean, look, I think everybody at this point knows how I feel about Tony Brothers and Mark Davis. But at the end of the day, there are refs that have favoritism. There are refs that might have issues like this, but. They were handed to them on a silver platter the opportunity to con- completely screw us at the very end when it was that out of bounds. Was it Bledsoe on Siakam? It was uh, Brogdon. Brogdon. Brogdon was was in the corner. Siakam was guarding him. Yeah, and it hit Siakam's leg and then just ever so slightly hit Brogdon's leg. It was Milwaukee ball. We asked for a review. Mm-hmm. They had it in their hands. Well, we were one possession away from being tied. Who knows with a game like this? how that could swing things. If they really wanted to screw us, that was their opportunity. Lo and behold, they played it clean. So on that note, before I go into my slight negatives, Tony Brothers and Mark Davis, until next game, I'm going to I'm gonna be very kind about both of you because that, that could have been very bad, but yeah. you did the right thing. And that proves that, yes, there might be biases with, with officiating, but at least this wasn't the complete and utter dirty that it could have been. Now, having said that, a couple of things that 
aren't officiating because like we've always said, officiating can affect the game, but it's about the team getting the shots in and figuring out how to overcome it. That's more important. Things that we could tidy up on. First off, we absolutely need to start off with more hustle. That's why the beginning was the way that it was. We had hustle. Guess what? We ended up with the win at the end because we fought tooth and nail, but we have to fight tooth and nail from the very beginning. We got to be running around the courts at the very beginning. Look at Milwaukee. That's what they're doing. That's how they get those break points. That's what we got to do. Start off strong, reach it until the end. We clearly have that momentum. We just need to do it the whole time. Because with a team like this and Golden State, early leads might be hard to, to overcome. Secondly, speaking of the beginning, early foul trouble. Luckily, that didn't end up being anything too bad. And Nick Nurse was playing risky kind of minutes with uh, certain players that had a lot of accumulated fouls at certain times. But it was fine in the end. You just don't want to be carrying those fouls on your back when you have like two in the first quarter, like Siakam or, or Lowry accumulated a lot at first. But uh, as one of you pointed out, I think it was Jay. Uh, well, luckily, when I say Jay, that means either of you. So technically, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, uh, they ended up out fouling us somehow. And I mean, Brooke Lopez was like one shy away from being fouled out. So, I mean, who knows how that happened? But early foul trouble. It's the playoffs. We need everybody on deck. We got to we gotta be careful. Last but not least, the only kind of thing that's a little bit major that we need to like clean up for the entire game, points in the paint. Uh, Milwaukee got 42. We got 24. He just flipped the numbers around. Points in the paint for a grid and grind team like us, if that's how we're going to win, that could be a great way to accumulate points. And guess what? If we implement that to our already current style, we could have had an even larger lead, mm-hmm. which I... Look, at the end of the day, we also got 18 freaking threes, courtesy of Fred Van Fleet, Kawhi Leonard, and company. So that's also great. But if we want to extend those leads, especially against lights-out teams like Milwaukee and especially Golden State, we also got to do the small points where they count in the paint. Okay, so we've seen a blowout game from Siakam, seen a great game from Gasol, Lowry, Fred Van Vliet, Norman Powell. I mean... Danny Green's got to get one of these games at some point, right? Is he just waiting for the NBA Finals? That's what I'm assuming. Yeah, that's that definitely. You know what? It's funny because I was going to actually make that same point about about Danny, but maybe not not necessarily the Finals. I was going to make the prediction before today's game that his the Danny Green game is coming, and uh, my prediction was it's going to come on Saturday. Hmm. But the the only question I was going to ha- raise was is the Danny Green coming to save our season or is the Danny Green game coming to push us to the finals? So uh, we got that answer and I'm standing behind it, Um, you know, and I'm very stubbornly standing behind it because he has not shown any signs of there being a Danny Green game on the horizon. But, you know, if, if there's any extra motivation that he needs, Um, You know, he is an unrestricted free agent. And as much as he was amazing during the regular season, finishing second in the NBA in three-point shooting, at the end of the day, if he's not showing anything outside of, uh, again, he's he's still one of the best uh, defenders in the league. He got snubbed out of a uh, all-defensive team. He was, I think, the... The, the last guy cut, uh, and he could have made it in as a guard. He was the last guard. He was the fifth guard out of four guards. Uh. Um, but uh, he's as amazing as he is defensively. He needs to knock down some shots. And 
uh, if he doesn't, then it's an easy decision for Masai not to resign him and go for someone who can be more dependable in the playoffs, which is really difficult to say and and really take in because of Danny Green's reputation um, as a playoff performer, right? I mean, he mm-hmm. he could have won the, the same year that Kawhi won MVP. Up until Game 6, I believe, Danny Green was actually a favorite to win the MVP that year. And people forget about that. Right. But yeah, he, true. He has this capability. So I'm going to stay true to it. And I'm going to say it's coming. And it's coming possibly on Saturday. Right. All right. Well, there you go, guys. I mean, I don't know how else to end this pod. Because one, we started off, <laughs> we, we started off pretty shaky. But because we're just so excited. And before we let you guys go, man. I want you guys to soak this up. I know we're not finished yet. I know we haven't finished the season, the series yet. I know we're not in the NBA finals yet. But we started this podcast when Kawhi uh, got traded to us. And that optimism was what fueled a lot of, I guess, honestly, a lot of Raptor fandom, a lot of happiness around here. And we thought- A lot of our discussions. A lot of of our discussions, uh, you know, a lot of our arguments too. But the thing is, conference final or bus finals or bus or whatever it is this team has got us to this point and we've never been here before i want you to soak it up no matter what happens on saturday i hope we do go to the nba finals because historically we've done pretty well against uh we've done okay i guess against golden state but again we've never been in this situation before soak it up boys soak it up ladies and gentlemen soak it up raptors fans we're almost there we're almost fighting for the chip we are a last three standing let's make it the last two until saturday guys that's a wrap